Hi, you guys. It's Yaz. Today, I want to talk about how people are not always who you think they are. And I'm going to talk about a case that I saw on Dateline that really like hit home for me because when I saw this case, even I had a hard time picking out whether this guy was innocent or guilty in drowning his wife in the bathtub, okay? And the reason that I'm bringing this into this episode is because it's very similar to when you date somebody. How if you're not in tune with how certain people are, you don't pick up on the type of person you're dealing with. So many people out there get fooled. Because they're not looking for the right things in partners. They're not seeing certain red flags about that person. Somebody could be really, really nice to you in the beginning and and be a very, very mean, cruel individual. So I want to talk about, you know, the Ryan Widmore case, all right? This was a case about a young couple that had only been married four months, only four months, you guys, all right? You would think, okay, four months of being married, there wouldn't be many problems, right? So this guy, Ryan Widmore, was Mr. All-American, okay? He looked like the guy next door, clean cut, nice guy, you know, his friends all vouched for him. The whole community vouched for him. Um, he wasn't a very hostile type of guy. Um, they used to say about him with his wife, um, oh, they never argued. See, that's the ones you got to worry about, you guys. All right. <laughs> when they say they never argued, first of all, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So so many people are naive. They always sit there and say, they were the most beautiful couple. Oh, no, no, there were no problems. Listen, every couple is going to have problems. So don't believe anybody that tells you, oh, you know, they have a perfect marriage. Nobody has a perfect marriage. Anybody who's married will tell you, you know, if they're being sincere and upfront with you, that there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. You're, two, you're bringing two individuals together And even though you may have a lot in common, there's going to be times that you're going to disagree. So, um, or, and on top of that, bring children into it, disagreements about certain things to deal with children, bring family into it, bring political views into it, bring religion into it, bring everything in that people can disagree and especially money. All right money, infidelity. But the point, let me get back to the point I'm trying to make is as I was watching this Dateline story, okay, uh, the guy, this guy, Ryan, he said he was home. He was downstairs watching a football game and his wife went upstairs to take a bath. And she was the type of person that used to fall asleep all the time. Like they'd have a family party and she was falling asleep or they said, you know, they called her the sleeper and everything like she would just fall asleep. So what happened is he claims that he went upstairs after the game 
and he saw his wife dead in the bathtub, face down, mind you, okay? I need to bring this up. He said he saw her face down in a bathtub. Now, this was a small bathroom, small bathtub. And what he did is he t- he uh, called 911. When he called 911, he gave uh, the person on 911 a lot of details about what was going on, almost in a way to cover his ass. It wasn't a typical 911 call, is what they said, of somebody who finds their loved one, you know, in a very bad position. And he calls up and he says, I just came upstairs and I found my wife and and she was uh she was sleep i found her she fell asleep in the bathtub okay and you know uh and he takes her out of the bathtub and he was trying to resuscitate her and everything like that the first red flag that i saw is the first assumption he says is she fell asleep in the bathtub number one how does he know he, she fell asleep in the bathtub she could have slipped in the bathroom all right so right there that was fishy to me all right then the other thing is When the EMT people and the police and everybody showed up and they got there within six minutes, six minutes they showed up at the house. When they looked at her body, her body was completely dry except for her hair was a little damp. Now they said this this really was the turning point in the case is the fact that here you have a woman who supposedly drowned in the tub and her body is completely dry and everything around the area of the bathroom is dry. The floor is dry. The cops were saying the floor was dry. The towels were dry. Um, nothing was knocked over when he dragged her body out of the tub into the other room to try to resuscitate her. So now what happens is... They arrest the husband because their first suspicion is it looks like foul play. And this this case was a big case because they had three different trials, okay? In the first trial, he was found guilty, but they found out later on there was jury tampering because some of the jurors were going and trying to test out by, you know, going in the bathtub if they would dry right away, which they were not allowed to do. So they had another trial. They ended up with a hung jury, okay? And then they had the third trial. But one of the things that was so compelling about this, and the reason that I'm bringing this into this type of podcast is to talk about human nature, okay? When I was watching this, you guys, I was saying to my, I, you know, I'm the first one to point the finger and, and say that person is guilty, okay? Because I could spot these people from a mile away. But this guy was so cool that I got to a point by the second trial that I was saying to myself, well, you know what? He's looking innocent, This guy is looking innocent and maybe he really didn't kill his wife. But then the compelling thing about it is that even his his in-laws, his mother-in-law initially 
was on his side and the girl who who drowned in the the bathtub, her family was on his side in the very beginning. But as things progressed, more and more details came out. Now, to the person, you know, their best friends that introduced them to each other, oh, they swore up and down, oh, no, you know, there's no way Ryan killed Sarah. There's no way this and that, okay? They 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 swore by it. The whole community, there was this whole big following to support Ryan, you know, to not convict him that he was innocent. But the thing is this, as they went on and on and they dug deeper and deeper, they saw other details. For instance, they definitely confirmed that she died by drowning, all right? And when they brought in, you know, certain experts, one of the experts said there's no way that somebody could just drown in a tub. The feeling of the water, the gagging, even if you were drowning, it would cause a reflex for your body to pop up. That was one thing. And then there were other details within the story. There were bruise marks around her, the area uh, by her neck and her, her forehead and stuff like that. And there were fingerprints on the side of the tub. Okay? So it just, it didn't look right. It didn't look right. And when things, what do I tell you guys all the time? When things don't look right, you got to follow your gut. You have to follow your gut. Now, as things progressed, they set up a website for this guy, you know, to try to help him free Ryan. When they had this website, this guy was out and he was out trolling on women that came to his website to support him. There was a woman in Iowa. There was another woman in Seattle. He had women all over the U.S. that he was contacting and, and, and you know, being friendly with in, in other ways than just his support of him trying to get off on this case of murdering his wife in the bathtub. And the prosecution was able to get one of these women to testify in the third trial. And this woman came in. And she said that he had called her late at night. She said he sounded drunk and that he confessed to murdering his wife. And what he said was that, you know, she caught him cheating. She had gone to her mother's for a little while. And when she went to her mother, she found out he cheated on her. And on top of that, he was also on this website adult friend finder okay now people go on this website adult friend finder for hookups so obviously this guy is out creeping he's not the guy next door he's not the nice guy you know he's not the quiet guy that you think is so innocent remember what I tell you sometimes you got to worry about those quiet ones all right because they're not telling you how they feel they're holding it all inside now this guy got up in front of the judge after, you know, the initial um, trial and he was telling the judge, judge, I'm innocent. I loved my wife. And I'm looking at this and I'm studying this guy and I'm saying to myself, I'm on the fence now. I'm on the fence before they had the third trial and they brought out that witness 
from Iowa that said that he confessed. The um, defense tried to discredit this person coming in and saying, you know, she has a history, she has, you know, things in her past, criminal things in her past for drugs and this and that. She's not a credible witness and blah, 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 blah. All right, let me just say this, all right? Somebody could have a past and still be telling you the truth. So, and her story just made so much sense. This is what I mean, you know, you guys, you have to use your common sense when you deal with situations and people. If it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duck, it's a duck, okay? And when I was watching this, I was just, I don't know, I was floored by this because this guy really, really played like he was the victim. He was the victim of how much he loved his wife. And the point being, and the other thing I'm saying to myself is they're only married four months, only four months. You know, it's not like they've been married, you know, many years. And this is a guy that's tired of his wife and wants to just throw her on the side. See, it doesn't matter. The point is that we sometimes misjudge people and don't see them for who they are. Okay. Here's a guy that's a creeper. This is a guy that was addicted to porn. This is a guy that's newly married. This is a guy that feels boxed up with his new wife that doesn't feel the freedom of what he wants to do. This is a guy out creeping on adult fight, uh, friend finder, whatever. And he's probably on a million other sites like a lot of these other people that I hear about in our groups where they say their husbands and even sometimes wives, they're out there on social media, creeping on social media, hitting people up. The wife ended up finding out about, you know, his infidelity when she went to visit her mother and she was going to leave him. Now, here's another point that I always bring up about when you're dealing with somebody and you find out something you don't like and you want to leave them and then the relationship turns violent into domestic abuse and in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, murder, all right? That's why I always tell you guys, if you are in a, you know, abusive, physical abusive relationship and you want to leave that person, you don't tell that person you are leaving them. That is when you are the most in danger. You have to call the domestic abuse hotline. You need a support system to go about it. And you, you're very cautious because that's when you're the most at danger. This happened to a friend of mine. I, I've said this in other podcasts where when she left her violent boyfriend, he ended up showing at her job, shooting her and shooting himself. That was in the papers in New York all over the place, okay? But this is like real life here. And we're talking about human beings and people that we wouldn't normally think could do something like this. Now, in my friend's case that got murdered by her boyfriend, this guy was a violent guy. This guy had an 18-page rap sheet. He was a dangerous, dangerous guy, all right? And he got let out. He was on parole, actually, at the time when he killed my friend. 
But in this case, the Ryan Whitmer case that I'm talking about from Dateline, this is the guy next door, you guys. This is the guy, you know, who's, you know, the nice guy that everybody says he's a nice guy. He's got no criminal record whatsoever. He's a newlywed. He, he, you know, on the surface, he seems like everything's great and he's into his wife and everything. Although as the case went on, you know, his mother-in-law started to bring up certain things saying, you know, oh, she would see them fight here and there. And when they went shopping, uh, she always had to check in with him and tell him what she was spending. When I heard that, I said to myself, oh, sound, he's, he, we got a controller here. This guy's a controller. She's got to check in on him and, and let her know her every move. So in this case, with the drowning in the tub, what happened was she, they had a big argument that night. This is what the prosecution's witness testified about. They had a huge fight about the cheating that she found out he cheated on her and she was going to leave him. So huge, huge fight that they had. And what he did is he ended up hitting her. This is what he told the witness. He ended up hitting her. She fell back. All right. And then he, he ended up um, drowning her, sticking her head back in the tub and drowning her in the tub, okay? That's why her body, just her head, that's why her body was completely dry when the police and the EMT got there. And they, that was the first indicator that something wasn't right, okay? And the other thing is, if somebody's sitting in a tub, this was another issue that they brought up that I thought was, you know, really important, if somebody's sitting in a tub, and it's a small tub, okay, how does that body just flip over? It's not like she was in a whirlpool with, you know, this abundance of water moving the body that it would flip over and she'd be face down. That that was a big indicator that there was foul play there, all right? But the whole purpose of this podcast is that when you're dealing with people, and it could be women as well, it could be women as well. I tell you guys all the time, one of the biggest things I like to talk about in podcasts is for you to understand human nature and who you're dealing with. And one of the biggest, you know, I talk about narcissistic people. This guy was definitely a narcissist, all right? But there's different degrees of narcissism. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up is people that are controlling, controlling. You can't always tell on the surface what somebody's about. You know, somebody may look like clean cut, the guy that works in the office, you know, nice family and everything like that. But deep down, there is a dark side to that person. And when I watch this case, one of the indicators, number one, the biggest indicator that he was, you know, capable of doing this murder besides, you know, the regular evidence that was right there in front of me was the fact that he was controlling. And when she was telling him that she wanted to leave him, that's when he lost control. And it was a situation where he snapped out. He snapped out and he lost control and he ended up murdering her. Okay. 
That's why I tell you, if you're dealing with anybody that, you know, seems any bit controlling and stalkerish, they don't necessarily have to be, you know, stalkerish, but if they're any bit controlling, you have to be cautious with this person. You don't know where this can turn. Like we had a girl in our group, young girl, this girl's 22 years old that had two kids and she was living in her mother's house and her brother was violent. Um, Her brother, she said every time her brother got drunk, he would start fights with her. And one particular time he tried to choke her. And we told her, you've got to get out of there. You've got to get out of there. And I told her, you know, don't bring up to him about leaving or anything like that. You have to get out of there. And one of the people in the group said, oh, you know, you should have him kicked out with social services and that and that. And I said, wait, 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 wait. You do something like that. You kick him out of the mother's home and and something like that. He is going to come back with a vengeance. He's going to come back with a vengeance and could hurt her and her two kids. She needs to get professional advice. She needs to call the domestic abuse hotline. And before she does anything, she's got to be advised correctly what to do. And she needs to get, she needs to remove herself from that space. Okay. She's in a very dangerous spot right now. Now, here was another sign that I saw as I'm watching this case. When he was interviewed by the reporters and they were asking him different questions about, did you kill your wife? Okay. Did you kill your wife? I, you know, I've studied liars, all right? And I did a podcast on this. And you guys, you have to listen to this podcast because there's so many things that you will find interesting when you're dealing with people about spotting a liar. And I'm watching this. And every time I'm watching this, this guy, every time he's answering a question, his eyes are darting to the left, which is another classic sign of a liar. Okay. And I'm watching this and I'm seeing as he's answering the questions and he can't even look the reporter in the eye. Not that that necessarily matters because a liar can look you straight in the eyes and be lying to you. But, you know, if you've studied liar, a lot of his body language showed that he was lying on top of, you know, the evidence that they had, the dry body, the fingerprints on the side, the marks on her neck. They were trying to say the marks on her neck were from the, you know, EMT and he was trying to pin it on the EMT. This guy had the whole community convinced, even the radio personalities within that Ohio area in the beginning, they were initially feeling, you know, sympathy for him, that he was this innocent guy and he was wrongly convicted and that in some cases people just die, you know, for no apparent medical reasons, even though she was a 24-year-old girl, um, completely healthy and everything like that. There could be something that happens that people die unexplained and everything like that. But the evidence showed that this guy was, in fact, a murderer, okay? And he was somebody who his wife didn't know, she did not know how dangerous he was when she married him because he seemed like a nice 
guy. She didn't see the red flags of this type of guy, that this guy was a closet creeper. This guy was addicted to porn. This guy was a social media whore. And when I tell you about a social media whore, what I mean is he just couldn't resist inboxing that, inboxing this, talking to this one, talking. It's it's like it's an addiction, you guys. Go listen to my podcast on, you know, um, these social media type of whores, you know, that what I'm trying to say is they're so addicted to the attention that they need to feel that admiration of somebody who, you know, feel important. They need that, that validation from outside people that there's something. When you look into this guy's background, this guy's father was not into his, was not involved in his life you know, for many, many years. And when the trial came out and it was a public trial, that's when his father came back into his life and stood there and tried to support him. But, you know, there could be underlying things with this guy in the sense that he felt, you know, a lack of something. He didn't feel whole within himself and he needed these outside validations, even though he had a beautiful wife who loved him, who cared about him. They had a nice home. They just built the deck. Everything seemed like it was great, right? And yet, yet this guy was out there creeping on social media, even to the point where his website, for his support, he was out there trolling on women and creeping and contacting women all over the place for his support. He got involved with one of the women and he ended up getting her pregnant before he ended up going to prison because on the third trial, they found him guilty. They finally got him. And, you know, the jury stood there and they said, we got it right. We got it right. And one of the jurors said, when I went into this, you know, I went in thinking, that, you know, this is an innocent man. And everything, you know, all the evidence came to the point that this guy, this guy was shady as fuck, all right? And he had an underlying personality within himself. He was an actor. He got up in front of that judge. He was an actor. Judge, crying, crying. I loved my wife, wearing the wedding band in the courtroom and everything like that. Oh, please, go give him the Academy Award down the street, okay? I mean, this guy almost had me convinced. He almost had me convinced, and I'm pretty good at sizing up people. And it wasn't until I looked deeper and deeper, and I said, you know what? Something's not right here. Dry body, drowned. This girl drowned in her, you know, she fell asleep in the tub, and the body is completely dry, no drippings of water anywhere. Nah, nah, there's foul play here. There's foul play. And once they really unraveled it and had that witness that made sense, that explained everything, that's when you really saw it for what it was. But the reason I'm bringing up one of these crime murder stories into this type of podcast is this, you guys. When you're sitting there and you're dealing with people and you're saying to yourself, I really don't understand why they ghosted me. I really don't understand why, you know, he left me or she left me. Or I don't understand why they're nice one minute, 
you know, they're telling me how much they love me and the next minute they're, they're yelling at me and fighting with me and everything like that. You know why you don't understand? Because you don't understand who you're dealing with. You're not seeing this person for who they truly are. And what I try to do is I try to educate a lot of people out there that don't understand. Like I've had people that have listened to some of my podcasts and other social media come to me and say, I wish I knew this in my 20s. I wish I knew this in the 20s. And I, I too was one of those people that didn't know, that got involved with somebody very, very toxic, very toxic, that could have killed me one day. I truly believe that. One of my friends said to me, you ought to kiss the ground that you got away from that guy. And I truly believe that. And it was because I did not know who I was dealing with. I was looking for these other things that people talk about, personality, looks, how I felt with that person, instead of seeing somebody's true character, what they are, who are they, who are they? Is this somebody that has a dangerous personality? Is this somebody who is controlling? Is this somebody who, you know, is full of shit and love bombing me and is not? So let me wrap up this podcast and just say this, you guys. When you're getting to know somebody and you're getting to date somebody, I want you to dive deeper into that person. I want you to find out as much as possible about that person. I want you to do background check. I want you to see their prior history. I want you to look at their family background and see, you know, if if there's a problem there, if they have anger issues, if they have control issues, do they have commitment issues? How do they treat people that are less fortunate than themselves? You know, that's a great indicator of somebody. How do they treat the weak? How do they treat animals? How do they treat uh, kids, all right? You, you got to be careful because some people are good actors out there. How do they treat people that are weak, okay? Gives you an indicator of whether this person is kind or understanding or whether you have somebody that may have a cold calculating undercurrent within themselves that you don't recognize, all right? So, I hope that helps you. If it did, please hit the subscribe button and please share this podcast with your friends and build awareness. Have a great day. Are you having a problem in your dating or relationship life and you need a question answered? Well, go to my website. The link is in the podcast description and you'll see how you can ask Yaz a question and get it answered confidentially. So go to the podcast description and look for the link where it talks about how Yaz will answer your question.